Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Hello. It's us. <laughs> oh my gosh. Praise, Praise the Lord, the Lord niggas. <laughs> Jinx. Um, yes, what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to episode 26 of Getting Grown with Jade and Kia, your uh, weekly dose of all things adulting. Um, yeah, we're talking about the good, the bad, and the I don't know what the hell I'm doing <laughs> of being. At 30 something in the year of our Lord 2017. Um, yeah, so welcome, welcome, welcome me, welcome you. What's up, sis? What's happening, sis? I mean, you know, we both just rushing into this thing. Where you coming listen, from? Listen, I'm coming from uh, the wonderful, wonderful city of New Orleans, Louisiana. Hey, uh, New, Orleans. New Orleans don't owe me nothing. I was in uh, NOLA this weekend celebrating my good sister's uh, birthday. Happy yes. birthday, Crystal Jean. Yes, ma'am. We had Love an you. amazing, outstanding time in the city of New Orleans. And to make the trip just all the more fantastic, I got to sit next to one of New Orleans' finest on the way home. Big Frida? No, honey. I Just oh. a beautiful black man. Monster with the face? <laughs> um, no, no. Oh. Just a beautiful black man. We shared awesome conversation in, in during the flight. Oh, you're talking I about just, one of New Orleans' literal finest. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm thinking, listen, that boy has been eating some red beans and rice, and I just want to shake his mama's <laughs> hand and tell her, I thank you so much for all that you have done. I have an important question. What's up? Does he work out his legs as much as he does his upper body? Oh, yes, honey. The proportions, yes, all things were in place. All things were in place, honey. He had a big back. You know, I love backs. I've been talking about backs. Girth. Girl. Girl. Well. Woo! <laughs> Listen, everything, all things were in order, and he smells wonderful. Mm. I was just trying to be, you know, a lady and hold on to my uterus as best as I could. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I Good mean, it was just awesome. Bumping in the night. Sorry. Man, man, man. <laughs> man. Do, 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 I do. said, well, uh, I'm just going to just just continue to smile and nod. Just continue to smile and nod. Um, yeah. You had breath awesome, mints? Whoever did, he is. Did you, huh? have breath, did you have breath mints? We were. I mean... I, I felt like I was in a good place. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I, I wasn't concerned about anything. Cool. Um, I mean, and he was just really pleasant, very nice. And we talked about television. It was just great. It was just great. Really. You shoot it your was. shot? I didn't because I'm terrible at that. I didn't it know how to sense. do it. I, I didn't know how to do it. I, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it because I felt like what I was feeling on the inside of me. <laughs> I was nervous that if I opened the door, it was going to go from zero to 100, nigga, real quick. That's right. So, you were going um, to eat to him. You was going to show up in your bra and a cardigan. I was just going to be like, so my uterus, would you like it? 
<laughs> He's like, do you want to go to dinner? No, I don't. <laughs> so I just felt, I saw all kinds of those terrible scenarios um, playing in my mind. Um, and I just didn't even have the the presence of mind to just keep it really cute and just say, you know, because we talked about like work and professional things. I could have I could have slid a business car. I could have done all of these things, but I just did not have the presence of mind to do that. But I mean, I guess it just wasn't in the cards. We uh, gonna, one I, day we going to do a shoot your shot episode. I'm just not I have never, ever, ever been able to do that. Like I have in all of my African-American life, I have never been able to do that um and i i applaud and commend all of the women of america who are just able to do that but i just be like hi literally hi, all my, my words Takia. all my words just leave <laughs> i just be looking hey <laughs> i don't be knowing so they'd be like yeah who's going i'm be like what's up nigga <laughs> i don't really i have no like i had and I mean, I was just looking all of the regularist of degularists, like of all the time. Like, I mean, I didn't even have no eyebrows on. It was literally just like, I'm going to the airport and I'm going home. Mm-hmm. I was not in a place where I was feeling fly. Like my hair is, you know, just kind of like all over my head. I, my face was moisturized, it. but dry, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was moisturized because, you know, you moisturize when I meant dry and let's, it was makeup less. That's what okay, I meant. Got it. Um, I had on just like my different world t-shirt and some pants and my slides. Like I was, I wasn't out here trying to, you know, bag anybody. I was literally just trying to get home. That's usually when niggas like it. But I really felt like if I would have been given a look, maybe I would have had the Mm -mm. balls to do that. But I just Mm -mm. was just like, girl, mm mm-mm. I get the most play. Like, like niggas throw me the most rhythm. When I usually I look like do too. the ut- utmost of trash and like streets. like usually like usually, yeah. but I just didn't have. I just I'm saying like for me, I think I would have felt more confident in myself. Oh, got to it. Have okay, said yes. Something if I been, felt yeah. like I was, you know, giving my best Kia. That's real. Um, but I was just worried about like <laughs> so many things while I was talking to him and trying not to look like I was worrying about so many things. But the conversation mm-hmm. was cool. Like we laughed. It was cool. You know, after we left, we, you know, we, we talked like for a while until we just, you know, it was time for us to go to our connecting flights and we just kind of like literally walked in opposite directions. But it was a very pleasant exchange. And now in hindsight, I can think of the many times where I could have been like, you know, it was great to talk to you. Like, here's my card if you want to keep in touch. Like, but I never, I never ever thought of that. I was just like trying not to sweat visibly. Y'all see Kia with the humble, here's my card. You know what I'm saying? That's literally the best that I could do. Like, I couldn't have done anything other than that. Like, I could not. I could not. I could not. But we had, like, really deep conversation. We talked about all kinds of stuff. And he talked to me because I saw how fine he was way before and (laughs) anything. And I was just like, when he came and sat next to me, I was just like, well, all right, Jesus. Yes. Yes. But, you know, I was just literally typing on my laptop. Until he literally just started talking. And I was like, well, let me close this. How you doing? Okay. At least you but didn't have a fat it. lady begging for your graham crackers sitting next to you. That happened to me once. Mm-mm. And I mean, there was a screaming child sitting behind us. And we both was just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm, 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 mm. <laughs> Trying to talk through it. But I mean, this is enough about me and my travels and my weekend. Shout out to everyone who I saw in New Orleans. Shout out to all my family. 
Shariel, Dub, all of my new friends. Naldo. Yes, Naldo. Oh, Naldo, Chris, all of my new friends, Candice, Shamika, Elise, Jessica, Casey, all of all of my friends. We had an awesome time um at our at our house in New Orleans. And I love you guys. Um, but yes, yeah, sis. And happy birthday, Crystal. You did happy it up. Happy birthday, sis. Um, but what what what's going on? What was going on? In New York, while you were being missing in New Orleans. Ugh, because I was missing y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband surprised me, took me to the Meadows Music and Arts Festival this weekend. Come on, husband. I know, right? He did it um, as, a, as a birthday. So we went all three days. So a nigga saw Jay-Z, Nas, Erica, Future, um, and everybody all weekend. Uh, met listeners. You guys were all wonderful. They all spoke. Pass their love on to Usus. Well, hey guys, I got I got to see Nas. Uh, I had to endure seeing Onika, um, but she came out during Future set. Uh, she did not ruin Nas's set, and I appreciated that because I feel away about this relationship, and I'm going to be perfectly you know, honest. I really tried to just not speak on it because I mean. I cannot think of a reason. Like, I don't have, I don't know if the reason that I have for not being a fan of their relationship is justifiable. I don't and care, I don't, I don't care, I don't care. I don't, I don't ever want to be out here hating or being, giving the opinion for being a hater or whatever. I hope her butt but, leaks on his sheets. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> just like at my core, I just feel like uh, Nikki is not worthy. And I, no. and I feel bad saying that, but I mean, I guess. I don't. You know, giving her, hmm, maybe I don't, but I'm just saying, I don't feel like. You want to feel bad. You feel I, bad that I you do. don't feel bad. I do. But I feel like, like, Nas and Khalees made sense. Oh my God, sis, even my husband, and you know, niggas don't even really be chiming in on stuff like this. And he didn't say anything like, I don't wish, because niggas don't usually think like that. But he was like, I really liked Khalees and Nas as a couple. I was like, didn't we? We loved <laughs> them as a couple. We loved them, right? But these two. Him licking her face and doing all all this carrying on. I just feel like it cheapens him. It's just like when you put oh. when you have like a really nice article of clothing and you put on something just terribly like some trash with it, like it just ruin, just bring like you it just down. you just bring the value down of whatever art, like all like you know this this very valuable piece that you had and it's just uh, just wonderful and you just like you mess around and hang it up. In just like a terrible place. I don't know. Just- I want to sit down with Mr. Jones. And I think the very first thing I would say to him to try to put things in perspective would be. So listen, um, I don't know if you've thought about this, but you are Eskimo brothers with Safari. Um, hmm. One of the corniest niggas to appear on television. How does that make you feel? I don't care about that. I don't feel like he cares about that. I I don't feel like he would care about. He's thought about that (laughs) because who thinks about Safari? Like for what? Exactly, Nikki did for years. Mm. So, (laughs) and y'all know how I feel about her. She owes me money, so I don't fuck with her like that. It's a long story. You can listen to Jaden XD about it. But Nicki Minaj owes me money. And for that, until she pays what she owes, I'm going to be hating. I hope a butt leaks on the sheets. I want to pop on her titties. I'm not here for the relationship. But anyway, what's wrong? I 
don't know. I'm just saying. I don't. I saw Nas. I know that he performed um, at at the Meadows. Mm, mm-hmm. Meadows Music, Music and Arts Festival. Festival. Yes, I know he performed there. I know. I, I feel like he performed in DC. Here yes. Uh huh. With Lauren. Um, yes, indeed. And I know that he had one. A beautiful blue Dupioni silk set. I said, come on here with this wealth. <laughs> We're going to talk about this set. Oh, this set. It's just, he just looked like an expensive Chase Lounge or something. Come on, give me. He gave the me like wealthy. Of loneliness. Oh, gosh. Don't look like an old, like, I don't know. He just felt like. It just was wonderful. It was beautiful. he had on like, he had on loafers with it. We oh, saw a little bit of his ankles. They were lo- so much like it was like adult mm. Nas. Like mm-hmm. I'm grown, and mm. you niggas will never ever be able to see me. It just gave me. And such... then he licked Nicki Minaj's face. Mm. Why you had to ruin it? I was celebrating. Delicious. Oh. Um. So I guess because you you have this is a wonderful transition. Okay. You brought up this beautiful blue. Dupiani <laughs> silk. We love it. Love it. Suit. He just looked like a duvet cover. A wealthy duvet cover. A wealthy duvet cover. My God. Mm, with some gold trim. Oh, awesome. Real bellyish. Um, so let's go into shout out to my sis. Indeed. My sis is popping right now. Like shout out to my sis. Coming straight out of the intro. Um, so we mentioned this beautiful suit that Nas wore. And I happen to know um, one of the owners of the company who made this suit. It oh. is a custom-made apparel company called 5001 Flavors. You can check them out at 5001flavors.com, 5001flavors.com. Um, it's my homeboy, Kells. If you follow me on Instagram and saw when I went camping and had to endure eight miles of kayaking, one day I will tell that story. Mm-hmm. Um, Kells was one of the, my homeboys who uh, who came along on the trip. Um, and he is also one of the creators and owners of 5001 Flavors. He also has a family owned shop in Harlem called Harlem Haberdashery. Um, 5001 Flavors, if you look at their website, you'll see their extensive list of clients, but they've done any, they've done everybody from um, Khaled to Nas. Um, so definitely check out their client list. And if, in, if you are in the New York City area or in the tri-state area period, you can check out 5001flavors.com for any special events that you have coming up, any special occasions. If you just need a dope fit for something, make sure you check them out and tell Kells that Jade and Kia sent you from getting grown. Yes. I mean, and if you, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to peruse. I don't have anywhere to go, but I'll peruse. I mean, does he only make men's clothes? Yet. No, uh-uh. It's men and women. And okay. so let's see. If you go, actually, I'm going to, if you go to their website at 5001flavors.com, um, they've done 50 Cent. They've done Alicia Keys, Aretha Franklin. They've done Bad Boy. You'll see Puffy recently in some 5001 Flavors. Uh, Boyz II Men, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, Sierra, Chris Brown. It's just, I just keep thinking. Every time I think of Boyz II Men, I think of like white and in like deserts um terrible chris paul chris tucker jamie fox jay-z kanye west uh they've they've designed for many 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 people they have such an extensive list on the website so make sure you check that out but they are definitely dope and if you're looking for a dope custom fit they'll definitely be able to help you um go in the direction that you're looking for awesome sauce um, we're also going to be featuring our good sister um, in this week's shout out to my sis, 
yes. we're going to be featuring Shari L, who just started a podcast um, 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 for her weekly fresh and entertaining takes on all things NFL. So um, she has a podcast called The Bell on Ball. It's a football podcast. Um, and listen, Shari L is most possibly the most passionate football fan I have ever seen or known in all of my life. And one of the funniest life. people that I know. Literally. So um, if you are a girl or guy who loves the sport of football and you want to listen to someone who shares the love of the sport and will have honest, fresh, entertaining <laughs> um, opinions about all things football, you should definitely give the Bell on Ball a listen. It's available everywhere. You can find podcasts at iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. We will link um, the podcast in our bio along with the information for 5001 Flavors. And y'all be sure to check out uh, Shariel, the Jazzy Bell on the Bell on Ball. Um, And make sure you leave a comment, tell her we said hi, and subscribe. Support her. Yes, support her. And listen... If you're not supporting the NFL right now, I completely understand. I'm not, you know, but I also, you don't have to tell us that you're not supporting the NFL. Just if you are, Mm -hmm. go support (laughs) Shariel. If you're not, I know exactly why. And I fully 100% support Colin Kaepernick. Um, But if you are watching football uh, because you are like myself and it doesn't bother you to eat Chick-fil-A, then <laughs> by all means, make sure you check out the Bell on Ball. Shariel is probably, like like Kia said, she's the most passionate football fan that we know. She's one of the funniest people that we know. I have been friends with Shariel for going on 12 years. Um, so I've damn near grew, grown up with her. And uh, yeah, she's an all-around amazing, hilarious individual. One of the smartest people I know. And um, she sounds like she is straight out of Atlanta because she is. Listen, and when so, I tell you that she has, the Lord has gifted her hands in the way of frying chicken. Sis. Whew, my Lord. As today. a person who cooks for a living, as a chef, my friend throws down on chicken. My fr- and, she, and she shares my love and my passion of the Gucci main, we are self-proclaimed Gucci evangelists um, oh, and have been night. united in that for years. <laughs> so check but, out the yes. Bell on Ball. Please support support our, our good sis um, and give her show a listen. It's time for the kitchen table talk. Gather around. Gather around. Indeed. What are you eating? Um, you know, I'm just coming in from vacation. There's no food in my house. <laughs> I don't even have any snacks. But I did just have um a blood orange San Pellegrino. Isn't that the and best? I just don't know why I love these things as much as I do, but this is by far they're delicious. the most delicious beverage. Like I just can't. But I just drank this and I just feel so much better about my life. So if you have not had the Blood Orange San Pellegrino, they Get are available it. at all major supermarkets. You can find them at Target. Mm. Just get you some. Trader Joe's sells them. Oh, they're just delicious. But what what are you snacking on this week, sis? Um, I ate like complete trash over the weekend. I was in New Orleans, um, so I might not eat for the rest of the month or until th- November. Fair. I just feel like what kind? You consume pounds of butter. Oh, it was delicious, but I feel like I just feel like 
any weight that I have lost this year, I have gained back within this one weekend. New Orleans and Charleston are two of my favorite cities on the entire planet to eat at and eat in. So they have the best food. I don't blame you for going in. Um, I'm and definitely that was going part of the reason I was jealous. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I'm glad that I did it. I don't have any regrets. I just know that I'll probably be doing another smoothie cleanse, probably starting on Monday until like Thanksgiving. Because I might I, join you. Because I I need to do something because I'm living foul right now. Like literally. I'm, I might join you. I think that th- maybe maybe we will do that together. But I got to do something because yes. I feel like I feel like big swole, McSwole, swole <laughs> right now. <laughs> Big swole, McSwoley swole. That's me. Like you talk like this. Anyway, <laughs> so um, this week we're going to talk about harassment. Street um, harassment. I told a story. Yeah, we're going to talk about street harassment. There's several levels and we'll, and we'll discuss those. But street harassment, namely, um, I had an experience last week, which I'll go into in a little bit. But um, it kind of brought that on because it's something that we deal with on a daily basis And to the point where it's kind of been normalized for us because we're dealing with it so often, but it's not normal and it's not okay. And uh, I know there have been campaigns and there have been rants uh, by multiple people about street harassment, but we thought it was something that we should definitely talk about because it's something that we're all dealing with. Um, So much so that we put out a question on Twitter, uh, how many how many of you all have dealt with harassment? And we got a number of responses from li- listeners about the different types of harassment. And so many. most of them being, we've got, <laughs> we had one, it wasn't funny, but it was, uh, where somebody was talking about a homeless person who um, calls them all kinds of uglies and niggers and shit like that. And they use, and they think because they're white and homeless that they can still talk to people any kind of way. That's still a form of harassment. Uh, but if you, if I don't give you money and you start cursing me out, um, but uh, it's also not funny. It, street harassment is not funny because it has been taken to a level where it has become dangerous. People have lost their lives over it. Um, there was an instance Labor Day last year where a girl did not want to accept, um, excuse me, a, a lady did not want to accept the advances of a nigger on the street at Juve. And um, he, she didn't want to dance with him. She didn't want to accept his advances. And he shot her in the face. Mm. So street harassment is, it has been taken to a level where it has become very dangerous. So we thought it would be appropriate to discuss um, to discuss street harassment, what it is, how to identify it, and then ways that we can practical tools and ways for us to respond and protect ourselves while we're dealing with that so uh with all that being said all that being said excuse me first of all sis um why don't you give the people the definition of what harassment is the proper definition so i looked up um street harassment i just did a random google isha search um mm-hmm. and i found a website um called stopstreetharassment.org that gives a pretty um comprehensive ex- a, a definition for street harassment um and they preface it by saying that there is no standardized definition of street har- harassment yet mm-hmm. Um, but they have a working definition because it is something that is very fluid and continues to change um, over time. So uh, their working definition is gender-based street harassment is unwanted comments, gestures, and actions forced on a stranger in a public place without their consent 
and is directed at them because of their actual or perceived sex, gender, gender expression, or sexual orientation. Street harassment includes unwanted whistling, leering, sexist, homophobic, or transphobic slurs, persistent mm-hmm. requests for someone's name, number, or destination after they've said no, sexual names, comments, and demands, following, flashing, public masturbation, groping, sexual assault, and rape. Yes. So that is extensive. And then the, the, um, I guess the definition in the dictionary of harassment in general, aggressive pressure or intimidation, um, persecution, intimidation, pressure, force, coercion, hassle. Uh, and it is, um, in the legal sense, it's a behavior that appears to be disturbing or threatening, refers to persistent and unwanted sexual advances, typically in the workplace where the consequences of refusing are potentially very dis- disadvantageous to the victim. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess we can talk a little bit first about, about har- a little bit about, since this is about street harassment, but we can, we do want to address the harassment that people face in the workplace. Have you experienced any harassment in the workplace? I can't say that I've experienced harassment in the workplace. No. Um, personally, mm-hmm. I have not, um, I've definitely experienced street harassment, but workplace harassment is not something that I have been. I mean, people have said in a, mm, I have, I have been, I don't even want to say inappropriate, but, um, I have had conversations with, um, men in the workplace that have, not not always been comfortable um Mm -hmm. but never i've never been in a situation where i felt like not safe or that someone was intentionally trying to um force himself or Mm -hmm. herself on me in any way shape form or fashion um so yeah what about you um i (laughs) i uh i'm not laughing um you just laughed but i know so i had harassment start early in the workplace it's never gotten to the point where and we're going to talk about that too because there are ways to respond and we know that not everybody has the uh has it in them to respond um in a manner where they're able to pop back and snap back you know what i'm saying and we want to make sure that we address that but um i have experienced it first i was young i was a teenager um, working at McDonald's. I was 15. And I had a boy named Drew who I worked with. <laughs> Drew. Uh, who tried to kiss me in the walk-in. Mm. And I punched him um, because you don't try to kiss me. And I have never even... Is that Fenty Beauty? Sorry. No, uh, it's just a mirror. And I, way to tell the people that I'm do- multitasking. Jeez. I was just fixing something is in my really eye. Really, miss, what are you doing over there? Opening presents or whatever it is you well, said? Well, because my multitasking doesn't make noise, sis. But you're still doing it. But I'm saying so, it's not bothering nobody. I'm just trying to make sure my contact stays in my eye. That was looking in the mirror because my eye is itching. Girl, just, just keep talking. You over here worried about what I was doing. So Drew tried to kiss me in a walk and then I punched him. Um, so that was my first experience for harassment and I was able to handle that myself. I did not have to go to HR. But <laughs> if you're in a situation like that uh, where you are in the workplace and somebody is making you feel uncomfortable, um, 
we'll go into some of the steps uh, as to as to how you should handle that. But that was my first case of of work harassment. Outside of that, I hadn't really dealt. I mean, you know, I've had niggas make inappropriate comments. I'm able to kind of just pop back and make comments back. Uh, but I did witness um, the fall of a of a serial um, sexual predator um, in the workplace. I had a boss who, you know, if you looked at him in his appearance and you dealt with him on a daily basis, he was a cool person. He 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 was cool. Uh, but this nigga had a problem. He had a real problem with using his authority. And I found out down the line that he'd hit on multiple employees um, early in their employment when they first started working there and put them in places where they felt very uncomfortable. So they didn't feel like they were in a place where they were able to say something. One girl was new. You know, she was trying to start her career, build her career. And um, she was like, I don't I don't want any trouble. So she he put her in an awkward place where she didn't know how and he and she he was her direct supervisor. And then we found out that another girl that he worked with, uh, that we worked with initially when she started, you know, he was asking her to dinner and it was under the the guise of, um, you know, we work together, we live close to each other. So, hey, let's let's go out and have some food, you know, after work or whatever. And she kind of played along into, into it because she was like, I have to work with him, so I don't want this to be awkward. But that is harassment and that is taking advantage of your position when you put people in a place where they feel uncomfortable to the point where they don't want to say anything or they don't want to react because they are afraid of how it might affect their careers. So we know that is a very real thing. Um, And that is something that I witnessed, which I think is absolutely disgusting, not to mention that he hit on another co-worker's roommate. Uh, He hit on one of my friends. Um. He's hit on clients. He's made inappropriate comments about clients. So things like that are never okay in the workplace. But um, yeah, that's that's probably where I've dealt, where I've seen it the most in the workplace. That's probably. But the when most you're that saying I've seen. like harassment, can you use your clarifying? Like you're talking about sexual harassment in the workplace. Sexual harassment. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're talking about sexual harassment in the workplace, um, where somebody is making you feel uncomfortable, and it may not be direct to the point where they are like. Let's fuck. You know what I'm saying? But even putting somebody in that place is a form of harassment. And you need to be very clear about that and being able to identify that. But moving along to street harassment, because I know, even if you haven't dealt with it in the workplace, I know just as a black woman from New York live, who has lived in New York and walks this very earth, <laughs> you have dealt with street harassment in a number of a number of instances. What are some of the experiences that you've had? Um, I mean, it happens frequently, unfortunately. I think it happens to a lot of us. Most recently, um, I've had somebody follow me on the train, on the platform. When I get on mm-hmm. and my stop, and I'm literally walking up the platform, and I notice that someone is behind me. Um, and sometimes if I notice someone's behind me, I will be, in t- I will intentionally move in a very blatant way that it's like, you know, if, if they move the same way, then it's obvious that they're following me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that a couple of times. I got on the train. He got on the train in the same car and had positioned himself to where he can kind of like watch me. This was like early in the morning. This is a full train. Mm-hmm. He was making like he never said anything, but just like the con- persistent staring. Um, and not okay. It was just like it just really didn't sit well with me. 
uh, to the extent to where like I got on Twitter and I said, you know, this nigga is, is, is staring at me on this train. I don't feel comfortable. Um, and I literally said, if something happens to me, this man did it because he just, mm. so I didn't, cause I didn't feel comfortable and he just kept moving closer and closer to me. Um, and I tried, I took my phone out and I put it up like I was going to take his picture. Mm-hmm. And, um, he got off the train after I did that and he stood on the platform and like threw whatever was in his hand. He threw it. I was sitting at the window. He threw it at the window and yelled some sort of curse word, mm-hmm. um, as the train doors were closing. Um, but that, that's happened to me more than once. I've also, um, you know, again, this is on the Metro again in DC. I've had someone, um, uh, I was waiting for a train. I was like, I was at the gallery place stop. This was a months ago, mm-hmm. like maybe even last year. I was waiting. It was a later night. I think I was coming from somebody, Cortez house maybe, but, um, I, uh, got on the train. I was sitting there. There was a bench. We were waiting for the train to come. This guy was mm-hmm. walking past. He walked past me and came back. And then he came and sat next to me. And he was rolling a blunt. Like he literally like split. He split a blunt and emptied out the guts and was like re-rolling it. And I was just on my phone. I had my headphones in. And he was just like, you don't want to talk to me? And I was like, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> no, no, I don't. And um, he wanted, he's like, I think you should talk to me. What's your number? Blah, blah, blah. And I made it pretty clear that I didn't want to talk to him. I wasn't like, you know, rude about it at first, but it was just kind of like, no, I'm good. No, thank you. Blah, blah, blah. Um, but he was just like, I don't, I don't understand why you don't want to talk to me. Like, you know, I'm a nice guy, blah, blah, blah. He got on the train with me, rode the train with me to my stop the whole time, constantly asking me for my number constantly talking to the people around us like she don't want to talk to me i'm like making eye contact with these strangers like this i don't feel safe who is this man um all the while i was holding an umbrella in my hand and Mm -hmm. i'm thinking like how if i have to how can i dispose of this nigga? like how can i kill this nigga with this umbrella like if it comes down to it um he got on he got off the train with me at that point, there was another black woman on the train from the other car. We kind of made eye contact. Um, and mm-hmm. I kind of like nodded at her. She like looked at me like, girl, are you all right? And I just like shook my head. Um, so when we got off the train at the same stop, I stopped because I didn't want it mm-hmm. to be a situation where I'm walking to my house and this nigga is walking with me to my house. Right. So I literally right. stopped on the platform and I'm just like, wait, I'm just like looking straight ahead, like at nothing. And the lady who I made eye contact with, she's at the escalator and she stopped. Like, and she said, she would just stopped and she just nodded her head. Like, I'm going to stand here. Um, and the, the guy is still talking to me. Like he gets in my face and he's just like, you should take my number. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm not saying anything. When I tell you that this nigga literally screamed his number in my face, he was like, 202! (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like looking at him like, "Mm." Like I'm not laughing. Mm. He literally screamed at me and then he walked away in the other direction. I turned around. The lady was like, you know, she nodded at me. I ca- got to her. She was just like, I'll make sure that you get out of the metro station. I waited. We waited a little while though because I didn't want him to be like lurking somewhere and like follow me. But um, right. that, that's kind of stuff that <laughs> has happened to me in the past. Uh, aside from just, you know, I mean, and those are kind of like the m- biggest or the most memorable. 
ones, but you know, day to day, uh, people will, will ask you, um, for your number and, or try to get your attention. And if you don't respond in, in the way that they want you to, then they, they will call you all kinds of bitches and hoes. I've had mm-hmm. people, uh, touch my body i've had people touch themselves while looking at my body like it's just it's a lot of things yes yes it is something that i have dealt with um and the older i get i find that i'm much more conscious of it um because i don't feel like i mean i don't want to say i know that it i don't want to say that it wasn't happening to me when i was younger i just felt like i wasn't Mm -hmm. as aware um, right of it uh when i was younger but now Especially in light of, you know, the number of black women, black children who come up missing on a day to day basis. I, t- I try mm-hmm. to be I'm, I'm a lot more cognizant of what my surroundings are and where I am. And the fact that a lot of times I am navigating the streets by myself. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's my those are those are my experiences. Did you have some that you wanted to share? Yeah, the um the whole the whole reason I even thought about this in the first place is because last week and I said I told the story on Twitter, I'll tell it again for those who are not on social media. Um I was on the train, it was a crowded train. I was actually headed to Crystal's house. And uh a man who was shorter than myself, maybe the same height, I don't know. Um was looked like he's about 7 8 months pregnant, no exaggeration. Mm-hmm got on a train and it was it was a crowded train and we all know that you know personal space is super limited when you're on a very crowded train in New York but um he got on the train and I'm holding on to the bar and he is like kind of standing behind me so I didn't think anything of it initially I feel his belly because his belly is so large so that made that's what started making me uncomfortable. I'm like, yo, this nigga's belly. So I looked around, I turned around, and I'm like, yo, his belly's mad big. Like, that's why his belly's touching me. He can't even help it. That shit is so big. But then I felt his belly press into me. Yeah. And then I felt it press into me more to the point where this he was trying to push his pelvis into my ass. Mm-mm. And I turned around and I looked at him in his face and I said, get your fucking dick off of me. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm sorry. But like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what? No, 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 no. The train is crowded. The train is crowded. I was like, if the train. So-, and I started screaming. I was like, if the train's so motherfucking crowded, then turn around and put your dick on that nigga. But get your dick the fuck off of me. And I'm yelling it even louder. Like, get your dick the fuck off of me to the point where he felt so uncomfortable. He got off at the next stop. Good. <laughs> You get off at the next stop oh, because Lord. I I feel like I me personally and this is, I'm not suggesting this to anybody because again Kia and I say we are not professionals. I make sure that I I, I scream from the mountaintops. You know what I'm saying? You touch me, I want to match your crazy. So if you're crazy enough to get into a public space and put your hands on me or put your dick on me, put your pelvis on me, do something that that is completely not normal. I'm going to be sure to let you know that I'm probably just as crazy as you, if not more. Um, I've had several notable instances. There was that. There was a nigga who came up to me in a parking lot at a mall um, that was known for frequent shootings, women getting shot, um, people getting robbed in the parking lot. And a nigga came up. He was trying to holler. He kept trying to holler. And I told him, no, thank you. And he came up and he grabbed my arm. And I pepper sprayed him. Um... 
that was I. So that was that was the first time that I had to actively pepper spray somebody. Somebody else come up with me. I tell them I'd gut them like a fish. That's when I carried a knife around with me. And then even while I was pregnant, I dealt with countless street harassment uh, of niggas who would tell me things like, I wish I was one who put that baby in you. And I mean, just disgusting. <laughs> I remember screaming at a nigga on Broadway. I was like, I got another nigga's nut inside of me. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> oh I, I, so I don't understand where these mentalities come from. Clearly, these are these are people who are not normal. But this is something that we deal with so often. Um, so those have been some of my personal experiences with street harassment and some of the things that I've dealt with. Um, and I mean, um, this show is no way endorsing or encouraging you all to go out into the streets screaming at the top of your lungs like Jade. Not does. at all. Please, not please at all. Wisdom. Actually. <laughs> And I'm telling you my personal experience. Use your wisdom. Please, please do not go out here and do things that are outside of your your personality or what you're inclined to do naturally. Um, You know, things that are true to yourself and your identity. Um, Right. I'm a little bit off. Like, I'm a little throwed off. No, but that's... I I mean, the point I'm trying to make is that there are ways that we should... um, uh, seek to uh, just we should we should just think be conscious and think about ways that we would respond absolutely in 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 instances where you know these kinds of things happen because it's not uncommon and I think a lot absolutely. of times what's so jarring is that you know that feeling of like oh my god I don't really know what to do in order to you know stop this from happening but um, we just wanted to start the conversation again not to give you any kind of exhaustive list or, um, you know, tried and true steps of things that you absolutely should do, but just give you no. food for thought and to think about, you know, okay, this is happening to me or this has happened to me. And I don't want to, um, you know, I want to respond in a way that is, you know, proactive, effective, effective mm-hmm. a way that is empowering in a way that most importantly keeps me safe as possible. As safe as possible. Um, So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I guess that's a good segue to some of the ways and tools that you can, ways that you you can respond um, or ways that, that um, practical ways that you can, you you know, arm yourself with um, uh, so that you can respond accordingly in the event that something like this happens to you um, in the street. So... You want to start and the yeah the well we want to I also want to start by saying too um again those are personal experiences I've told you this is the way in which I respond but I do understand people being hesitant because of uh because of all of the danger that also is associated with you saying saying the wrong thing to the wrong nigga because it it happens so frequently we talked about the young lady last year Juve um, we know that there are a number of trans women who deal with harassment um, and death. They're, they're being killed at alarming rates um, for being who they are, and that's never okay. And then women in general, we're expected to to be, to be take these comments and just kind of, you know, take them on our shoulder, on our chin, and then keep it pushing. So, again, we wanted to discuss some of the practical tools to protect yourself and ways to respond uh, when you're dealing with street harassment or you see somebody else dealing with street harassment. So the first one is, first of all, to practice awareness. Um, Kia spoke about the 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 nigger. I'm not calling him a gentleman. Mm-hmm. The nigger on the train who 
got on the train and follow her all the way to her stop. First of all, speaking to the men, um, having a conversation with my husband, he told me when he's walking on the street, he knows that his presence can intimidate a woman who is walking by herself. And so he always tries to make sure to not walk behind her. He'll stop. He'll let her walk in front. And then he'll, he'll, uh, he'll, I mean, he'll let her uh, walk behind him and he'll keep it pushing because he's like, I don't ever want to put a woman in a situation where she feels uncomfortable. Um, so we want to practice awareness on both ends as men and women, because I know we have male listeners and female listeners. Um, our male listeners, be cognizant of your presence on the street. Um, not saying that you, you are, we're not calling you a big intimidating black man, but as a woman on the street, when you have a man walking behind you, I know I automatically go on guard if I have somebody walking behind me because I don't know who's out there. So we want to make sure that we practice awareness. Um, and we're always paying attention to our surroundings. Uh, I know we like to walk with headphones on and things like that. I'm an avid, I avidly walk with headphones and shades on, but I'm always conscious of my surroundings. Um, cause you never know. You never know what type of person you're dealing with. Right. And um, in practicing awareness, it's it's not necessarily um, just, you know, you know, awareness in the literal sense. So it is just being aware of where you are, um, mm-hmm. um, your environment um, and the people that are around you. Um, that's very important. But also just like building awareness about and just having some level of understanding. This is for you know, both male and female listeners, just thinking about one of the things that I, I think that, that, you know, a place, a place of, a, a place of disconnect or a place where we haven't really had a lot of conversation, especially within communities of color is, um, the way that power and, um, power dynamics are kind of like demonstrated and how, uh, you know, even some of the ways that we have been socialized, like totally unbeknownst to us, ways that we've been raised up and socialized and things that we've just kind of been conditioned to kind of just deal with. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that, you know, there are some men, I don't want to categorize all men, but there are some men who don't realize the way in which, and I know that, you know, in their mind and in their heart of hearts, it's not their intention to be, um, you know, uh, imposing or to, um, you know, make anyone uncomfortable. They're just being nice, but you have mm-hmm. to be conscious of your identity as a person yep. and, and whatever privilege privileges that come along with that identity. So there are spaces where women are privileged and men are not. And then there are spaces mm-hmm. where men have uh, certain privileges, male privilege that women don't have. Um, um, so I think if we all were just to kind of be, to, to be intentional about educating ourselves about, you know, kind of what the socio-political and socio-cultural history of our country country yeah. is, um, and kind of seeing the ways in which those things are manifest in like current context, um, mm-hmm. that might help us to not only um, protect ourselves, but to kind of you know have and build awareness to help other people build awareness a- around them. So I'll give you a quick example. Even today, mm-hmm. when I was getting on the uh, airplane for my connecting flight in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um. I was in line. The ticket agent was scanning our, our boarding passes so that we can board the plane. There was a white man in front of me. The ticket agent himself was a black man. The black man asked the white man for his boarding pass and says, good afternoon, sir. Have a safe travel. I mean, safe travel, sir. Blah, 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 blah. So he definitely, you know, I'm, I, I'm saying this to say that he 
very loudly and very clearly address this man as sir, like as an adult. Mm-hmm. He looks at me and he says, hey, princess. <laughs> and he was like, where are you headed? I'm just like, we all getting on the same plane to the same place. Like, why are you asking me where we headed? But blah, blah, blah. But he he called me princess. He, he called me here. a pet name, right? And in that moment, I had the opportunity to just make him aware of the way in which that he, you know, he referred to that, the man in front of me as a man, like as an adult, mm-hmm. and he respected him as such. Princess is something that you, it's a pet name. If that man in front of me could be sir, why do I have to be princess? Exactly. Um, and, you know, it was an opportunity for me to kind of just, the way that I said it might not have been the best way. Like, I literally just looked at him and was just like, I'm grown. Like, mm. I'm a grown woman. <laughs> I'm a grown, and I have a name. I can do My name is clearly printed on this boarding pass. If the white man in front of me is sir, then I'm ma'am or Miss Robinson or whomever. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not your princess. I'm not this. I'm not that. The lady, we kept on going um, down the the jetway. And I, is it the jet? What? That's not the jetway. The jet, what's the? Is it the jet bridge? I don't know. The bridge that you go in to get, get from the gate to the plane. So we're going past and a, a black lady who was behind me. She was like, I heard what you said to the gay agent. Do you not know that he called me Angel? So, like, we... Stop. We share, See, what's the problem? That's what I'm saying. Like, he was like, hey, Angel, have an awesome trip. And I understand that this man probably thought that he was doing something to brighten my day or brighten this lady's day. But I'm just saying that you don't know what people are dealing with. You don't know what kind of histories and, and what kind of charged... Um, or what kind of emotions and, and experiences you can you can you know, bring to the surface for people. So I think that we, we were all more conscious and, and, and aware of how we engage with one another, male and female. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and just realize it's uh, sometimes even as innocent as things can sound, like it's easy for things to kind of go into that sexual connotation, you know, that inappropriate place. So I think we all can do better about, you know, being more conscious about just having, um, you know, just being more equitable like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. however we treat one another, you know, just thinking, just thinking that through. So in, in building that awareness, I just wanted to make sure that I, that I said that because harassment is anything that is unwanted, anything that makes yep. you feel uncomfortable. So if this creepy man is calling you baby, even if he doesn't mean it to hurt your feelings, it's okay for you to say, you know, I, I would just really appreciate it if you That's would it. call me by my name. Or I would just appreciate if you would not call me that. And I mean, he can be offended by it. And I mean, you can say to him, it's not my intention to offend you. And I know you probably don't mean it, but I'm telling you, you know, it's okay to set a boundary for yourself if, um, if it's making you feel uncomfortable. Fran brought up a good point. Actually, we were having a discussion about this earlier on the phone. And she said that she notices even in business meetings with, uh, with men when she's going to do business with some with a with a man a lot of times and they don't realize this that they always want to take her out to dinner they always want to go out to eat in some sort of like date form whereas when they're dealing with a man they don't suggest um those types of settings they're more professional settings so that awareness um practicing that awareness is key on both parts and like Kia said it's always okay for you to um, it is always okay for you to identify that you don't like 
what is being said to you and to address it as such. Uh, it doesn't have to be in an aggressive fashion. There have been many times on the street where, and it's bound to happen. I have a large derriere. <laughs> it is bound. Oh yes, to you do. Happen. Okay, pot. Uh, so, so, you know, it's bound to happen on a daily basis. I had a man tell me the other day, oh, you bringing the sunshine with that dress. Mm. That's not a compliment. Like, that doesn't make me feel good. I think it's like, like the, the objectification of, like, I didn't even, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, being older gives you a lot more perspective about things. Because stuff people would say to you as a child, you just would be like, oh, my God, that's so crazy. But you wouldn't think anything of it. But, like. It's, it's, it, at least for me, I didn't. But now that I'm older and I notice it, I'm not only more apt to call people out when they do it to me, but I'm more apt to call people out when they do it to my, to, uh, to people who are around me. Um, and the objectification is just like, it's really problematic. Like, like, it is. even in dating situations. And I have had to do this, you know, when you meet, when you, and you have to set boundaries and it's okay to do it. You meet someone, y'all exchange numbers. Um, and you know, you're texting, you're talking on the phone and you'll say, you know, y'all been doing that for two to three days. Day four happens and some level, I don't know, they've reached some arbitrary, uh, (laughs) mile marker for like, okay, we're now comfortable with one another. And then all of a sudden, all of the sexual innuendo, all of the, all of the, um, you know, kind of inappropriate things kind of happen. And you, stuff, I've, I've let that stuff slide, like, you know, when I was in my twenties and my teens, whatever. But now mm-hmm. I just be so, I just be so prepared to shut that down because Quick. I think that one, and I, and I can only speak for myself. Like, I know that, you know, sexting is a thing and I, I'm, I'm down, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody and that's what y'all do and that's y'all, that's y'all business, then that's y'all business. But I'm saying when you first get to know somebody and they they always going to test the waters because niggas will try you. They will try you every mm-hmm. time um, just to see how far you're going to let them uh, go. But I mean, if you're talking, mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you're doing a dating apps thing, y'all engaging on the apps for a couple of days and all of a sudden it's like, you know, you know how people try to do the slight things where they try to mm-hmm. say things and you'd be like, is that or, you know, just trying to see where your head is at. It's OK. You know what I'm saying? Don't and don't make people allow you. I mean, and don't allow people to make you feel bad if you don't mm. feel comfortable talking about sex. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to speak about about that with someone who you just met or who you don't know. I will nope. tell someone we've only like we've only spoke on the phone. Like we've been on one or two dates. You don't have the range. Like you have not like you. We are not in a place where it's okay for you to be asking me about positions and what's my all we're not there yet like that kind of stuff is not for everybody now if you're in a different place in your life and and you're comfortable with that then i'm not saying that that's not what you you know i'm not judging that i'm saying that if it is something that doesn't work for you because i can speak from a place of experience where you know you meet someone and you don't know anything about him you don't know his last name but he and he's asking you what's your favorite position or do you like your neck sucked or all this like it's okay for you to be like nah like it's not we we're not there yet or or the number one no no unsolicited dick pictures pictures. no niggas dear dear friends no No. if nobody asked for a picture of your member don't send it not don't sit 
Don't send it by train. Don't send it by plane. Don't send it by car. Don't send it far. Don't send it by listen, DM. Listen. Don't send it on Instagram. Don't send it by text. Don't send it on don't Twitter. Send it by Facebook message. Facebook don't, messenger. Don't send it by Snapchat. WhatsApp. Don't send it. Listen. I mean, I mean, and listen. Maybe it's a new generation. Okay, so the younger girls are out here doing different things. But as for me in my house, if I went, <laughs> as, as for me as in for my me house, in my house, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, I know how to use my words. I know how question marks work. I know how to make a request. If there's something that I want, I will ask you for it. But don't ever assume that this is something that I want to know. Like I asked recently, I had, um, I had was talking to a guy and I asked him what he was doing. Just kind of random. Like, you know, just like, what are you doing? Like, you know how you talk? What are you doing? This nigga said jacking off. Nah, 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 Now, I mean, and I mean, this is, this is, um, we were talking like the show is about street harassment, right? So we're talking about harassment that comes from people that you don't know. But I'm just saying that this kind of, anything that makes you uncomfortable for, for me, my definition, it's harassment of, and it's your, it's okay for you to set a boundary. That's all I'm saying. That's kind of like what, what the point of what I'm saying is like in terms of protecting yourself, it's okay. The first arm of defense is kind of knowing what your deal breakers are, knowing what works exactly. for you and what doesn't. Now, if a dick picture doesn't bother you, girl, get your life. <laughs> or if, if a, a nigga asking you things about yourself, what your sexual preferences are, what you like to do, if that doesn't phase you that's your business. But I'm talking specifically for people who are receiving this kind of um, attention and, and they don't want it. Um, Absolutely. And it's, it's okay for you to say, nah, this is not good. And I mean, if, if he decides to leave you alone, then what you need to do is lift your hands and tell God, thank you. Because he's not the one, mm-hmm. sis. Like, this is not, this is, and this is not behavior that people kind of outgrow. I guess it's not. The, no, it's and not. And if they try Fuck nigga them has no age exactly. limit. And most of the time they'll hit you with that. Oh, I'm just playing like, you know, like, oh, I thought we was all adults. Now that is my favorite. <laughs> Let me tell you, you are what you're not going to do is twist that oh. shit back on me and make it seem as if I am wrong for no. feeling uncomfortable Come because on, you are man. talking about something that we are n- where we are not yet. We are all adults. You're not going to make me feel bad about what about my my wants. We're, we're all adults. Or like, or my boundaries. First of all, you us being adults. Like being adults, yes, means that you get to do what you want to do, but it also means that you have to take responsibility for your actions. Being adult means that you also Same. know how to, um, you know how to stop yourself. You know what I'm saying? Children Same. have no boundaries. Children do whatever they want. They're reckless. If if left to their own devices, they will come and go and do whatever they want. Real adults exercise restraint, and they know what when when a, when behavior is appropriate and when it is not. So if you hit me with that, we're all adults, bull swanky. I'm I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask to are we because because real adults know you know what I'm saying like if I was if I was a child and I went into Bergdorf's and I saw a pair of lubes that I wanted I would just take them but right. but me being an adult I know that there are consequences for me taking things that don't belong to me and if if I if I take them then I'm gonna have to suffer those consequences. So don't hit me with that. We're all adults, and don't make me feel like I'm a prude or I'm not us. Uh, I'm not sexually mature because I don't want to talk about uh, sex with you as a stranger because that's creepy right. and you're a predator. So relax yourself. 
But we kind of went, <laughs> we went on a, a tangent there. I apologize. Um, but that we is that is step number one is practicing <laughs> awareness, and that's on all that's on all levels. That is that is for everybody involved in the situation. Practice awareness of of oneself, how you're coming off. Um, how you're presenting yourself and then also knowing that it's okay for you to say no. It's okay for you to say that something makes you uncomfortable. And then also practicing physical awareness um, when you're out in these streets. Um, with that being said, number two, speak up. Um, speak up about, and, and, and we covered some of that in the first part. If you're not uncomfortable with something, say you're not comfortable with something. It's okay for you to be like, no. If a nigga wants your phone number, and you don't want to give it to him, you can say no. You don't have to scream it at him. You don't have to be a bitch about it. But it's okay for you to say no, no thank you. Or it's okay for you to not respond, period. Um, also, if you see somebody else dealing with harassment in the street, such as that woman uh, who saw what you were going through on the train, right. it's only right for us to speak up. You know what Even I'm saying? Like, don't, don't speak. You know what I'm saying? Like you can right yeah, exactly like because me and that lady did not have a conversation until after that man had walked off. Yeah, it was just you spoke with your okay, eyes. Hey, you know what I'm saying? To if you're in compromising positions, it's all right to look for people. Like even if it's just like I mean, in my mind, I'm saying if something goes down and something happens to me, the people who I look dead in their face, they're not going to be able to say they didn't recognize me or they didn't know what happened nope. to me or they didn't see what was going on. At the very mm-hmm. least, like it's okay for you to make people aware. So speak up when when some speak. It's okay to speak up and speak to the person who's directly um, offending you or, or or the one who is actually doing uh, doing the harassing. It's okay to speak up with regard to that. It's also okay to speak up for others when you see it happening to them. But it's also okay to yep. speak up to people around you and just being like, "Hey, I don't know this man. I don't know right. why he's talking to me." And I've asked him several times for him not. I don't to. know why he has his dick exactly. on me. Exactly. Like I mean, you. I mean, it's 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 okay for you to even just open your mouth because you doing that makes other people aware. So if 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 it comes down to it, and you need to involve the authorities, or if someone else needs, there will be other people who can yeah. vouch for the fact and said that you spoke up and said that you were not comfortable in this situation. And if the person persists, then that all the more um, solidifies their position as uh, the person who is of the of the problem. Absolutely. And that is in that's in all forms. Um, that comes to street harassment, which, like we said, we are talking about specifically. But when we spoke a little bit about work harassment originally, you want to speak up in the workplace as well. Make sure you're documenting. Make sure that you are letting people know. Um, and I know that HR is supposed to be for you. Let me just hip you all to something. HR is not for you. They are for the company. <laughs> but you can protect yourself by speaking up and letting people know what is going on so that it does not continue in the future. Because just because somebody holds a certain position doesn't make it okay for them to uh, say things to you that you don't want them to say to you. So um, that's num- that's number two. Speak up. Speak up when you see it happening to somebody. You know, we need to stand in solidarity. Speak up when it's happening to yourself. It's okay for you to do so. Number three, protect yourself. Um, this is a lot more specific. Um, there are certain steps and things that we can do. You can't stop a crazy person from following you in the streets or saying crazy stuff to you on the streets because you can't control people. But what you can do is control yourself and protect yourself. Um, as women, when we are, you know, we can do things like walk with our keys in our hand. You know what I'm saying? Put your keys between your fingers so that you 
can just gut a nigga like a fish <laughs> if you need to. Pepper spray, um, knives. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, protect yourself in some form or fashion. We have to find out what's legal for you to carry. Um, because I know <laughs> oh, that yeah, some you have states, to be responsible. Yeah, there's some states there, you know, where tasers are illegal. There's some states where they're not. Um, but I fully recently, um, one of my coworkers, when I came, the one of the morning after I got followed on the train and I came to work and I was like mm-hmm. visibly shaken because I was scared. Like when he threw the thing, I don't know. It was just like unsettling. But I was like, I was, I walked to work and I got to work and she was like, what's wrong? So I told her what happened. Um, she bought me a pepper spray. Like she yeah. bought me and she was like, put this on your keys. I know you be out here moving and grooving by yourself. And sometimes yep. when people see this, she was like, you might not even have to use it. Because when I carry my purse, I usually hang my keys like from my purse. Yeah. She was like, a lot of times I've noticed that if I just make sure that this is visible, like a lot of the people who would yeah. bother me won't bother me because they know, okay, she's not for that BS. Um, no. But yeah. And not in addition to protecting yourself, not only carrying something that you know, we'll be able to help you in defending yourself if it comes down to it. But also being conscious of your um, uh, your surroundings in terms of like, like when I walk from either my house or the work or wherever mm-hmm. I'm com- coming or going with regard to public transportation, I try not to take the same route every day or you yes, know, I switch it up. Exactly. Um, you know, and this new thing, this is not really wise, but it just makes me feel better. So... Where my job is, there's a lot of side streets in terms of like, and DC is really notorious for like alleys. They have these like really wide mm-hmm. driveways and kind of alley spaces um, where, you know, cars park in the back of the buildings or whatever. But it's also, especially when you're walking at night, it's not, it is kind of scary because, you know, people can just kind of dip out of these places. And I have resorted to walking in the middle of the goddamn street. Like, let me tell you something. Okay. If, if I, I've done if it. I if listen, I will get off of a sidewalk. I will get in the middle of the street because I'm like, listen, I'm going to get up underneath the street light. Can't nobody say that they didn't see me. That's what I'm saying. And right. I would almost risk, I will, I'm, I'm willing to risk being like in the street because I can get out of the way of a car. But, you know, just, I just feel like it's, it's just, I see a car coming for, I see exactly. an Exactly. And I just feel like, I don't know, but there are certain things that I have, I have tried to do. Um, there are times mm-hmm. where I call, I have certain friends, a yep. girl and guys, you know, I will call and say, you know, just stay on the phone with me until I, I make it to yep. my door. Um, um, those kinds of things. And I mean, yeah. And I have offered, I mean, in instances where I have not been the person driving, but I have a friend, I mean, where I have not been the person on public transportation, but I have friends. Um, I have offered to, you know, if we're leaving places and I know someone didn't drive, but, you know, it's taking the metro back or whatever, I've offered to get them an Uber. I mean, you yep. know, and people have offered to do, you know, everybody knows my car is resting in heaven now. I've had friends, friends that don't even live in this state, Dustin, all kinds of people will have texted me and been like, listen, if you out somewhere you need to get home, call me, I will call you an Uber. Like those kinds of things. We need to be just yep. be better about like just looking out for one another, like because Absolutely. it's time out for all this other stuff. People, my friends I know, Keisha, have gotten up and gotten taken me home. Just kind of like, we just need to be better about, you know, protecting ourselves and protecting each other. Yes, absolutely. So make sure you protect yourself. Stay aware of your surroundings. Those little pepper sprays that Kia talked about are super clutch. I carry my keys on my um, 
I put I, I clip my keys to my jeans like I work at Home Depot, and it's fine. I keep them right there. It keeps them handy. I don't lose them. Um, and I have a nice little leather pouch that carries the pepper spray in it. Uh, unclips real quick. Swipe that little red thing over, and you you can have a nigga burning in a matter of seconds. So that's how I protect myself. Um, sometimes I, I do try to get on the phone with people, but sometimes I'll even fake a conversation just to just to just to appear as if I got somebody watching me at all times. Like it's not a game uh, walking in the middle of the street, making sure that you're not traveling too late on transportation, public transportation at night. Um be super aware of that. I used to do that all the time. And I used to ride from like the Brooklyn to the Bronx, Bronx to Brooklyn, four in the morning. Uh, that's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> and as you get older, besides the fact that you're tired and it's usually much quicker for you to jump in an Uber and get yourself home. Um, it's just not safe for you to be on public transportation or be walking in the street at a certain hour. And it's, it, it doesn't make you a punk. It doesn't make you anything like that. It just means that you are smart and you are aware that there is only a certain amount of power that you have. So uh, protecting yourself is always key. Um, I do have a taser, though. I don't care. I think I'm going to get one. Uh, I have to make sure that it's legal in, my, in the state that I live in. But it's not. It's not? <laughs> I don't know if it no, is in DC. I know it's saying, not here. My but... boss was saying it's either DC or Maryland. One of them is illegal. I have to look it up. But I think New York is illegal. But uh, niggas don't care about legalities, so <laughs> neither do I. Um, I will tell you which brand it is off of the air. Um, and then the last step: seeking support. Um, again, we and, and a lot of these are intertwined and they you know they they all work with one another but we've talked about um a sense of community just making sure that you're supporting one another if you see somebody else going through it if you see somebody else going and dealing with harassment with somebody who may not be stable make sure you're sticking around supporting them um offering rides to friends making sure that we're traveling in groups when you're in a sketchy area or it's late or what have you just in any capacity where you might be in danger um, or have to deal with harassment to a point where it makes you uncomfortable, making sure that you seek out that support. Because uh, there is always somebody out there who's going to be willing to help you if you open your mouth and say so. Totally. And I mean, the number of, of men and women who uh, responded to uh, the tweet from the show's podcast, um, citing all the times that they have been followed, touched, hub, um, you know, groped. Uh, you know, all kinds of levels, different levels of different harassment um, mm-hmm. from from individual strangers and people that they've known. I mean, it's pretty safe to say that, you know, it's this is a thing that we're all dealing with in one way or another. So I just think it's healthy to keep the conversation going. And lots of people were talking and engaging, you know, via Twitter about it. I mean, it's something that that um, happens so frequently. There are a lot of online resources. I mean, just me doing the Google search that I did, I came across um, an awesome a website by a photojournalist who was documenting her experiences and the experiences of her friends that have had to dealt with, that have dealt with um, street harassment, sharing those stories. Mm-hmm. It's really empowering. It helps us to, to know uh, better, to, to, to get better, I should say, um, about, you know, responding to it in a way that is safe and responsible and, um, you know, you know, effective. Um, yep. So I will share 
those resources in the um, uh, description box um, for the yes. show. But yeah, I mean, all in all, street harassment is a thing. Harassment is a thing. Um, it's something that we should be thinking about um, and just being more proactive in the ways in which, in which we uh, manage it. Yeah. And, and again, we also want to be inclusive in speaking to, um, we know, like we said, we are, we know we're all dealing, we deal with it as women. I'm sure there are men who deal with harassment in different forms. Um, our, our trans women who are dealing with it. And then, um, and trans we, men just even with our with and trans men who are dealing with uh, trans men who are I mean, definitely I mean, dealing who are just, with it. I mean, we're, I think we're just saying that, you know, this is a thing. And unfortunately, it is Given a thing. what's going on in our nation right now, it's you know on many different levels. It doesn't seem like to be it's going to be a thing where that that that's going to go away anytime soon. So it'll probably be in all of our best interest to just kind of be thinking about it. Um, in yeah, so yeah, stay woke. Absolutely. Um, so we just wanted to open up that conversation. Um, we know street harass. We know harassment can come in light forms, uh, you know, in ways that we, and we know we dealt with it since teenage, like you said, since we were teenagers and you don't even half the time you didn't realize like it was a form of harassment, but it's something that we need to be aware of now with all of the dangers that come along with it. Um, and how so many people are dealing with, uh, they harassment, harassment in the home, harassment in the street, um, and it's leading to deadly consequences. And so, therefore, we just wanted to open up that conversation so that we're aware, um, aware of our surroundings and that we're all trying to keep ourselves as, as safe as possible. True tea. So, we can move right on along to... Honestly? Truly. All right, it's time for the Honesty Box. Um, we have a, a letter from a, a listener, and um, I will read it now. Mm -hmm. Um, first off, I want to say how much I love the both of you and your podcast. I listen every week. You have already helped me and enlightened me so much. This is the first time I'm writing to a podcast, so I really hope you see my email. Um, we did, girl. So here we go. We did. Um, the problem. When I first started college, I met a guy and we instantly hit it off. When I met him, I was 18 and he was 21. So I was very young and naive. We started dating right away and it was so much fun at first since we had the same values, interests, and hobbies. Then the infidelity started. But since I was young, I constantly forgave him since he promised to change and be a better boyfriend. At times, it would be wonderful and we would, would both be happy. But then he would cheat and I would take him back. I never fully understood why he would do that. But I loved him or thought I loved him. So I took him back every time. After five years of the on again, off again relationship, I had had enough. Ended the relationship permanently and moved out of the city to pursue a master's degree. Since he had been such a big part of my life, I never cut off all communication. We stayed in touch a little with quick check-ins to ask about each other's family work, etc. After two years, he moved to my city for work. He told me who moved for work and with hopes of getting back together. The last few weeks, we have been hanging out and it has been amazing. I have noticed that he is definitely more caring, considerate, and thoughtful than ever before. However, small things trigger me into remembering the past. For instance, his phone is always locked and tucked away and unnecessary flirty comments to females. Hmm. I'm not jealous, but it does remind me of how untrustworthy he was in the past. Then I get in my feelings and become distant from him. I don't know if this is something I should push past and try to overcome, or if this is a situation I should just leave in the past. I do care about him, but something always holds me back. 
I don't know if I'm just holding on to the past too hard or if I'm justified in my feelings. I have told him my feelings and he says he will try to be better. But after a week, he does the same, does something similar to push back our progress. Is this something that is salvageable or do you think that there is too much damage and hurt to lead to a successful relationship? Any advice you can give would be more than appreciated. Thank you so much, Leo. Okay. Well, Leo girl, I'm going to let Jade take the first crack at this <laughs> and then I will jump in with my two cents. Um All right. So <laughs> Um you guys were really young when you started off. I'm looking 18 and 21. Obviously that's a developmental a huge developmental state um that you're in. Um, that goes on for years and years and years. So it doesn't surprise me as problematic as they may sound that he cheated all over the place because he was young. He's exploring what's going on out there. And that's such a young time to be tied to one person. I do think um, that it is possible for people to change. Uh, I definitely do. But I also think that when a person truly loves you and they respect you and they acknowledge the fact that they've hurt you in the past, um, their behavior represents that. And if there are, if, if there has, you know, there has been infidelity in the past, um, then he needs to understand that he has to go above and beyond to prove himself to you that he's worthy of being with you as well. You know what I'm saying? The way that you are showing him respect and showing him that, that you're worthy of being with him. And so if he is doing things to trigger you, that's not loving. You know what I'm saying? And that is alarming. And that is some that is a flag that needs to go up uh, to let you know, maybe this is not something that I need to I need to pursue. Um, you can't have a healthy and successful relationship if you are um, constantly having those feelings. Um, and if he's doing things to trigger those feelings, then that's that's not good. And so I'm not saying that I, I, I can't personally say that you guys don't have a future uh, but I do think that some hard discussions need to be had, some very pointed conversations about what your triggers are and what you will and will not tolerate. And we say that so often, but it's so key. You have to let some, you have to set your boundaries and let him know what you're going to tolerate. And if he's going to try to come back into your life, then there's certain behaviors and patterns that he needs to change. Um, if he's, if he's going to try to be your nigger. So what about you, sis? What do you, what do you think? Well, I mean, I have to be honest. I think that um, the tone of this letter, and I could be wrong, but I mean, just being honest in my initial reactions to it, the tone of this letter lets me know that Leo is not, like, I feel like she knows the answer to this question. I think that yeah, um, it is it is very challenging to to build a relationship with someone that you don't trust like i don't mm-hmm. and, and and um i think that you have not gotten to a place where you have forgiven him from the previous mm-hmm. infidelity um because it's something that has is still like you know it's still it's still a thing for you um right cuz i it, in order for y'all, you asked if this is salvageable. I feel like in order for y'all to build, you have to build mm-hmm. from a, a fresh slate. Like you cannot build on the crack foundation of all the other times that he cheated on you. You would literally mm-hmm. have to like start fresh. 
And um, right. I don't feel like I don't get the sense from your letter and the way that you talk about him and your relationship. I think that you guys have a good time with one another and it's easy um, because and chemistry is something that, you know, is it's one of those things. You know what I'm saying? Like you can still have chemistry with someone who you don't like. You can still have chemistry with someone who has mm-hmm. treated you poorly um, because that kind of connection or human attraction or um, that like magnetism between one person or another is just, you know, not always contingent upon like circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that you guys still have great a great time when you hang out and the fact that you guys can still spend time with one another and be comfortable with one another, that's always going to mm-hmm. be a thing because you have, you know, history. Um, right. But I'm just saying that relationships require more than just that kind of like. Yeah. Comfort. It, it, thank you. It requires more than just that kind of that that kind of, you know, ease between uh, the two of you. And in order for y'all to build and get beyond, yeah. you know, just kind of like hanging out and kicking it and getting to a place where y'all are actually building and working toward the next levels of relationship or the levels mm-hmm. of relationship that will come, you have to get to a point where y'all can work through all the other stuff. And it doesn't seem like you guys are ready to do that. Um, you said right. that you've spoken up to him about the things that, you know, are that bother you. And he said that he's going to try mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, I still don't get a sense that from, from your letter that you feel like his trying is good enough. And it may just be a matter of like, it's not enough time for you. Like we have Mm -hmm. to sometimes give, I mean, honor the spaces in our lives where we've been hurt. It's like, no nigga, you hurt my feelings and I just can't bounce back from that right now. It's hard. Like, and you don't, don't rush it. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, don't rush yourself into dealing with something that you're not really ready to deal with. Um, so I don't get the sense from your letter that you have forgiven him. You guys are in a place where you can start afresh. So I don't, so I don't think that it would be wise for you to try to build on or to build a relationship from a place where, you know, the foundation is not solid. Um, that you're, I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And that the whole thing is that, and we've, we've heard this from so many listeners and read this from so many listeners from letters that we haven't even been able to read on the air yet. Um, that familiarity can be so bruh, dangerous. Bruh, bruh. It'll keep you pissed <laughs> up and stuff for years and years and years, for right? Years. For and it will years. keep you like so distracted, like to where you're not even seeing other things going on around you. Man. Because the thing is, it's a familiarity. So this nigga knows how to make you feel good. He knows the things to say that are going to make you laugh. He knows what your interests are. Um, reading this, you talked about how you guys have done check-ins, how you've never really fully disconnected. And you do check-ins about like what's going on with your life, about each other's family, about work. Those are the, those are super familiar things, especially that whole family dynamic. Like that's that, That's another conversation. But... <laughs> That familiarity in general can be so dangerous because it can be so deceiving. Um, But you've answered a lot of these questions yourself. And on top of that, you have to demand a certain level of respect. And he's not giving you that. So you've stated what you want. You've stated what you need. And he's still, he's, it's unkind and it's disrespectful to, to know what somebody's triggers are. And to continue to try to spend time with them and still do the things that you're doing. That's never okay. 
So if he's continuing to do those things and he's not meeting the standards that you've set, it's time for you to really start reevaluating, um, reevaluating the whole situation. And it might be time for a full disconnect. For I mean, time. I just think whatever you do, aside from him and his behavior, you are only responsible for yourself. You need exactly. to do, you need to take some time to figure out what that is. Like, you know, figure out, yep. think about what you want um, and think about how you can get there. And if he fits in with that in some kind of way, then that's, you know, you go from there. But I think that you should focus on yourself, focus on your own healing, focus on getting to a place of peace about relationships. I mean, because if you don't heal from this relationship, even if you if, if this relationship is not salvageable with him, if you don't heal from the hurt that, you know, carry you know what I'm right saying? If you don't heal from this hurt, from this relationship, if you meet a whole nother person, you still going to be dealing with this hurt. So I think. And I'm speaking from experience. Like that's experience. Bruh. So <laughs> that's experience. Like, like legit. <laughs> so I think that your first order of business is to really just kind of come to terms with what's happened to you, and you know, think about and, and and try to find perspective that will help you to see your situation through the lens of like, okay, so how can I going forward position myself to get what I want? Um, and you know, irrespective of who him his behavior, all of that. You have to, because at some point we have to, no matter how much we love these niggas, how much we think that they're great and awesome and wonderful, we, at the end of the day, we have to remember that we are only responsible for ourselves and we cannot make mm -hmm. anybody do anything that they are not ready to do, are no. not uh, willing to do, and are not capable of doing. Because I think a lot of times he mm -hmm. might need to come to a place of growth in and of himself. So it might be that you need to maybe you guys do need to take some time apart to kind of get yourselves together because you know, yeah. that the personal work that you have to do on yourself is really what's going to really be the basis of a strong relationship and good communication between the two of you. So I'm getting from this yeah. letter that you haven't done that because you still have mm -hmm. a lot of questions of yourself. So you need to get to a place where mm -hmm. you can kind of answer some of these things on your own because kid, I don't even know you beloved. But I, I, there's no way that I can, from the outside looking in, tell you what to what to do or whether this relationship is salvageable. But I think that that's work that you're going to have to figure out on your own. And that kind of comes with coming to terms with, you know, OK, this is what I want. This is what I need. And, you know, aside from feelings, aside from loyalty, aside from familiarity, all of that stuff will blind mm -hmm. you and keep you in unhealthy situations for years and years and years. And at some point we have to be responsible and and take and has kept you exactly. for years and, and take action on our own behalf mm -hmm. like stop mm -hmm. waiting for people to save you and do things for you that you should be doing for yourself and you've taken some positive steps like even you moving and pursuing your masters like you said um that's 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 good you focused on yourself but you haven't focused on yourself in in this area you haven't focused, you haven't done the work in this area where, yeah, you've, you've recognized these are my triggers and you've recognized this is what I don't want to tolerate, but I don't know if you fully set those boundaries with him. You know what I'm saying? He still has that familiarity too. And that's another thing you have to remember. Niggas play on that familiarity. They know that you're comfortable with them. They know that you, you, you have a certain level of comfort with them that you're going to always have. And so they will play on that and you, you gotta, you gotta do the work. And that work has to be separate of him. 
not um, I'm not telling you what to do as far as your communication with him, but you have to do that work on yourself. And that might mean having to disconnect, which you haven't done. So look at the things that you have done and what's not working for you and and start doing the things that are going to work for you um, and start trying to figure out what that is exactly. So hope that helps. Uh, make sure that you're sending your honesty box questions to getting grown podcast at gmail.com. Um, it is lovely every time you guys put in the subject line what uh, what it is that you're wanting specifically, whether it be a petty peeve or an honesty box or if you just want you know you just want to write to us, whatever the case, putting that in the uh, subject line always helps uh, when we are going through trying to figure out what we are going to talk about this week. So, Thank you again for writing in, um, Leo, and I hope that anything we said was able to help you. Indeed, sis. Keep us posted. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister, because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. Gather around, petty children of America. It's time for the Petty Peeves, <laughs> where we celebrate all things petty, especially our petty listeners and their petty concerns. Put your petty on parade. On a petty note. Um, so I will start. Yes. We have a uh I will read one from one of our faithful listeners. Uh his name is Alex. Alex says, Hey, getting grown pot. This has been heavy on my spirit for quite some time. I know it's petty, but one thing that gets on my nerves is people who steal jokes and pass them off as their own. As if <laughs> Why did I know you were gonna pick as if this? No one will clock it. If you borrow someone's joke or catchphrase, please at least cite your sources, honey. Just say in the words of, or I heard this joke from such and such, give credit where credit is due. Otherwise, I'll just think you're foolish and unoriginal. And for your sake, don't let me clock it on a date. Mm. Mm. Hugs and kisses, Mm. Alex. I just felt like that was so appropriate and so fitting Mm. because we have a lot of plagiarism Mm -hmm. happening um all over the place and i just think that it's important to cite Mm. your references as an academic plagiarism is a is a deplorable offense it's like literally like what like you have no credibility if you do not cite your sources and i think that there's nothing wrong you know what i'm saying like there's nothing wrong with paying homage i say all the time all the time i heard so-and-so say this or so-and-so said that or i read this online i don't I, i just try my best I, I I don't I just try my best to make sure that everyone receives the credit for what they for yeah. what they do. Um, now they especially when they tell especially a funny. when they tell a funny. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't have lots of things of our very own. But but you know when we have original jokes or if we say things and people laugh, I think everyone is entitled to get credit for the things that they say. Um, and we've all been victim of this. I know that I have, I know that Jade has, I know that many of our friends have, um, (laughs) that's maybe that's why it's just so near and dear to my little heart. But thank you, Alex, for this. I really appreciate it. I saw that. I really appreciate it. I I just, well, I just got to read this because this is just right on the money. And I don't think it's petty because I think, and listen, Mm-mm. y'all have seen me. I have done a parenthetical citation in my tweet. Like, I will do it. I will give the year. I will say XD said this on in 2015. 
Cortez said this in 2012. <laughs> I, Latoya said this in 2009. Like, listen, y'all don't have to do it like me, but it's just fine. I just think it's, it's good for us to, to say where you heard things from. Just give people their flowers. I can't do it like you because my memory it is, is terrible. That is correct. However, I do try to, I do try to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I remember when such and such said this to me. I remember when such and such said this. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. funny when blah, blah, blah. I made this meme. You know what I'm saying? Give niggas their credit. Be original. Be yourself. Be yourself. But it's okay. If you find a catchphrase that's funny or whatever, it's cool. But just, Even if you, know. you don't know where you got it from. I have said, just just acknowledge that it's not yours. Just don't make it right. seem like you even if it's like not it's yours. yours. Like you know, I mean, if it's not yours, just say it's not mine. Like even if I don't know exactly who said it, I'd be like, Twitter said. I will, I will give. Yeah, I right. saw this on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. But I will just, I will just acknowledge and own up to the fact that I did not say it first. Yeah, or I'll quote it. I'll yeah, put it in quotes. Man. Whatever. Yeah, let's do it. Just know it. Like whatever. That's a good one. Well, um, you know, my petty peeves generally in, involve some sort of commuting. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be the train, driving, whatever, they are always related to some sort of movement. Um, this week, my petty peeve are people who drive luxury cars. <laughs> all of them? I say this because um, not all of them, I guess, because I got some friends who have luxury cars. But uh, a lot of them here in New York who I don't know are assholes. I have niggas who drive BMWs, Range Rovers, and things like that tend to think that they are the rulers of the road, <laughs> and they are not. Um, oh this morning, God. I had an Italian man. Oh my, that's how my, <laughs> my, my grandfather says it. Italian. Well, my grandma says, I just so want some, like, we have a spaghetti. Just go get me. I want some Italian bread. Italian. <laughs> well, my grandfather is Italian, so I could not say it, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was an Italian man. Uh, this morning driving a Range Rover. So I'm driving, I'm taking Noah to school and, um, it, you know, there, you're not supposed to park in a, in a certain lane for, for hours because people are commuting in the morning and it slows down traffic. Obviously people still do it anyway. So you have to go around and slowing down traffic. That's my other petty peeve. People who, and this is why I say the luxury cars, because these are the people who do not let you in. Now, I am a courteous driver, which is why I get so annoyed with people who are not. And so I will put on my blinker. I don't just try to inch in front of people. I'll put on my blinker. You know what I'm saying? I'll try to get your attention and be like, yo, can I get over? I'm not just going to cut you off. You know what I'm saying? So I do that to this nigga. I'm like waving. I honk my horn. I rolled my window down. At this point, you are blatantly ignoring me, and it is irritating the fuck out of me. So... I threw a banana at his car, but because um, there was a half, Noah did not finish her banana. She ate her yogurt and I was pissed. <laughs> Your face. So that's when I got his attention and he rolled his window down promptly, looked me dead in my face and said, are you normal? No. And I smiled and I said, do you want to find out? And at that time, uh, he let me in. <laughs> out here doing what? Everything, bro. 
because I try to be courteous to people. I try to be and a decent human this, being. This, because he was driving a luxury car, You, he deserved to have a banana thrown in his car? No, I think because he was an asshole, he deserved but to have a banana thrown in his car. But about luxury cars. So how did we get here? It is. Just because I find that the majority of the niggas in my neighborhood who drive these luxury cars are the biggest assholes my on God, the streets. So... All I say is, stop being an asshole on the street. If we all drive courteous, traffic will flow. You be mad, bruh. I do, man. You I be, be so mad. And I don't that. like you just... I'm you be wilding out it. like that with Noah in the car and people is crazy. I know. I know. I know. And I beat myself up, up, uh, up about it later. I said it immediately. I was like, man, I can't do that. Sometimes, I can't. Man. I'm listen, sis. I'm learning every single day. I'm a work in progress. Yeah, me too. I get it. I get it. And I'm here to help you. So I'm here to tell you I, that you got to cut that crap out. I said it to myself immediately. I was like, man, I can't, I can't throw bananas at people's cars because I don't really know who's in there. I mean, I get it. We all get mad at the, in the car and we all I'm be wilding out. It. It's fair. And yes, I think I think it's fair to say that sometimes people who have Luxury cars take uh, privileges that they, yes, you know, that other people don't. I think the same can be said for people who drive bigger cars. Oh, absolutely. Because, like, you know, people will try to bogart just because just because you got this Yukon don't mean that I got to do what? what? Like, right. you still you still got to ask me. You don't just get to cut me off because your car is bigger than mine. Like, I get no, it. No, you don't. But I'm just saying, and you, you don't get to cut out me here. off because your car is more expensive than mine. Exactly, which I think is the point. But I just want you to know that it's <laughs> not okay for you to be out here wilding with I my agree. niece in the car. I, you are absolutely right, and I take full responsibility. I will say, I did stop riding around with my um, Ziploc of old batteries. I did stop See? that so many moons See? ago. So I'm working on it. I'm not going to throw any more bananas in anybody's car. Don't throw nothing. I know, but definitely no batteries and no bananas. Batteries? You're going to get a case. I used to roll around with that gallon Ziploc bag and them old batteries. (laughs) Anti-way. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for your patience uh, uh, as we kind of hammered through this week's episode of Getting Grown with Jaden Key. I don't know what we're going to call it, but hopefully... You guys enjoyed the show. Thank you for bearing with me. I've been traveling all weekend and now I have to go to work. Jay's been working all weekend. And now she has to go to work. But yes. we're out here. And we're trying to keep our energy up. For those of you who noticed last week's energy was do- la- down again. We had all kinds of technical difficulties, it was difficulties last week and like recorded the show rough. like three times. So, so you have to bear with us. We're trying. Um, thank you guys. For listening and rocking with us. Thanks to everyone in New Orleans and Atlanta. Anybody who I saw on my way back to Maryland who shouted me out and embarrassed (laughs) me to the high heavens. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for supporting. Um, And listen, the love is real. It just takes me a little bit, a little bit to get used to it because, you know, I ain't nobody. But yes, I love you guys so much. Oh, speaking of Atlanta. Oh, yes. Here we go. Speaking of Atlanta, uh, For the Culture Catering is doing a pop-up in Atlanta. Um, I believe we're doing it October 1st, but we will have all of the information posted. I know a lot of you have already written in saying, how can I purchase tickets? Um, So that link will be up 
very soon, within the next uh, 48 hours. Uh, we just had to work out a couple of details as we are not from Atlanta. So um, make sure that you stay tuned uh, very, very soon. I guess within the next 24 hours now, if it's not up already for a link on how you can purchase tickets. Um, space is super limited. There are only 30 tickets available, but we are doing a pop-up in Atlanta. And I'd love for you guys to be there. You're so famous going on the road. I'm not famous, <laughs> nigga. I'm just trying to work and make money. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just trying to build my brand so that my baby don't have to worry about how she going to pay her rent. important. In like 2047. secure the bag. Right. That's it. Secure the bag. Right, Joe. So I go get the bag, purchase the tickets. <laughs> um, and also moisturize, drink your water, and mind your business because... Your black will absolutely crack if it's dry. Bye. Bye. Have you ever wondered what the stars have to say about your favorite artists and writers? Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa, where I, your host and astrologer, Issa Nakazawa, read and interpret astrological birth charts of luminaries like W. Kamau Bell, Gia Tolentino, and so many more. You'll discover how astrology can unlock fascinating insights about these stars. And who knows, maybe you'll learn a little bit more about yourself. Listen to Stars and Stars with Issa wherever you get your podcasts.